The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe for this Friday, the 3rd of February in London. Coming up today... Bailey's interest gap. The BOE governor tells Bloomberg a corner has been turned, but there's work to do. Doubling up, the ECB hikes by half a percent and signals the same again in March. A wealth wipeout. Gautam Adani sees his fortune fall by close to $60 billion as troubles mount. Sunak rules out massive pay rises for nurses, the risks of delaying chip strategy and prepayment meters controversy. Those are the stories we're looking at in today's papers, and I'm Leanne Gerrans. Plus, AAA troubles. Amazon, Apple and Alphabet get weighed down by cooling demand. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe on DAB Digital Radio London, Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington DC, Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Cirrus XM Channel 119 and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business App. Good morning, I'm Stephen Carroll. And I'm Caroline Hepke. Here are the stories that we're following today. The Bank of England has signalled the fastest pace of interest rate hikes in three decades may be drawing to a close. Speaking to Bloomberg's editor-at-large, Francine Lacqua, the Governor Andrew Bailey said it's too soon to declare victory on inflation. We are going to react to the information and the evidence that we see. We're not on, you know, we're not, we haven't pre-announced an intention because we have reached a point, you know, as I've said before, I think we have started to turn a corner. That's encouraging. There's a long way to go and there are a lot of risks. Yesterday, policymakers led by Andrew Bailey voted 7-2 to two to raise the rate to 4%. That's the highest since 2008. However, the BOE's latest forecasts show that inflation is likely to fall sharply this year to around 4% from a four-decade high of 11.1% last October. The central bank's outlook is for a sh- shorter and shallower recession than it projected in November. Well, a 50 basis point hike is a near certainty in March. That's according to the ECB president, Christine Lagarde. Her comments came after the European Central Bank lifted its rates by a half a percentage point to two and a half percent. Speaking to journalists, Lagarde sought to make her position on the matter clear. It should be 50 this time around. It is intended to be 50 in March. Now you will say, well, yes, but what about after March? Does that mean that you have reached the pinnacle or the peak? No, 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 no. We know that we have ground to cover. We know that we are not done. As you heard there, Lagarde sought to underscore that hikes are likely to persist beyond next month. That echoed the message from the Fed Chair Jerome Powell a day earlier. But as with Powell, investors were not convinced euro area bonds extended gains and European stocks now are within striking distance of a bull run versus April of last year. 
The value of Gautam Adani's beleaguered empire has now more than halved. The $125 billion wipeout comes less than two weeks after the accusations of fraud by Hindenburg Research, a short seller. Now, veteran emerging markets investor Mark Mobius told Bloomberg his firm didn't participate in the Adani stock offering due to concerns over how much the conglomerate had borrowed. It's all about debt. I mean, the, the company and its associates are, are heavily in debt, and that's what sort of scared us away. That was Mark Mobius speaking to Bloomberg Television. The Adani Group has repeatedly denied the allegations from Hindenburg, calling their report bogus. However, the growing crisis of confidence has seen Gautam Adani's personal fortune drop by close to $60 billion. Now in the tech sector, three mega companies have reported earnings. For Apple, it was the first drop in quarterly revenue in three and a half years. The smartphone giant blamed supply snags and softening demand uh, from the poor holiday sales. CEO Tim Cook says it's a difficult period for the company. As a result of a challenging environment, our revenue was down 5% year over year. We remain confident in and focused on the long-term opportunity. Well, Cook's long-term optimism is driven by China, where he expects the lifting of COVID restrictions to bring back demand. Amazon's earnings didn't quite deliver with the web giant warning of slow cloud computing sales. It's a troubling forecast because AWS, Amazon Web Services, has long generated most of the company's profit. CEO Andy Jassy told investors he's paring back the business after a rapid expansion during the pandemic. Probably the number one priority that I, that I spend time with the team on is reducing our cost to serve and our operations network. Amazon started a new round of job cuts last month that will eventually total 18,000 employees. Meanwhile, Google parent Alphabet reported fourth quarter results which narrowly missed analyst expectations. CFO Ruth Porritt told Bloomberg that they too are looking to cut costs and slow hiring. Charlie Pellet has the numbers. Alphabet said sales, excluding partner payouts, were $63.1 billion in the fourth quarter. Analysts had projected $63.2 billion, according to data compiled by Bloomberg. The lackluster results come as Google's core ad business is under threat on multiple fronts, and not just because of a slowing economy. The U.S. Department of Justice has called for a breakup of the search giant's ad technology business over alleged illegal monopolization of the market, and the company flagship search business may be under threat from new entrants. In New York, Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. So those are a few of our top stories. Um, there's lots to think about really today. I mean, not least that the Nasdaq looks to be on track for a bull market, but all of those disappointing earnings from the big tech sector, they did see after hours uh, shares drop for Alphabet, Amazon, Apple, all in the range of about 4%. So that's, you know, one of the big stories that we're thinking about today. You've also got the US jobs report that's coming out, but plenty more. Yeah, well, interesting hearing on those Amazon or those uh, Alphabet numbers, yeah. I should say, because of course, there are still plenty of Alphabet employees waiting to hear whether their jobs are going to be safe or not. They're still in the middle of announcing uh, the who's going to be affected by the job cuts, 12,000 jobs and all mm. that's going to. They're not the only ones, though, who are uh, considering what's going to be happening with jobs. I spotted the story about Deutsche Bank uh, preparing further further job cuts, keep costs in check, um, but could be set to spare traders um, as it prepares that, that reduction in staff numbers. Yeah, it could be focused on the retail branches in Germany in terms of job cuts. I mean, Deutsche Bank did already slash, what, thousands I think it was about 8,000 jobs in 2019. Um, I think the other story to think about um, 
is the continued pursuit also around bankers and um, uh, money managers in the US. The SEC is really getting tough on messaging, not just WhatsApp. Yes, they've issued a billion dollars worth of fines, but apparently now they're coming after people's mobile phones. They've asked certain businesses to look at the personal mobile phones of their employees just to make sure business isn't happening sort of somewhere else in mm. another venue on people's personal mobiles. I Good. thought that was really interesting. Yeah, definitely a story to watch given all of the uh, regulator decisions we've had on that issue already. Up next, Sunak rules out massive pay rise for nurses, the risks of delaying chip strategy and controversy over prepayment meters. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. Now, the paper review on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The news you need to know from today's papers. Bloomberg's Leanne Gerens joins us now for a roundup of today's papers. The Financial Times headline reads, Sunak says UK cannot afford, quote, massive pay rises for nurses. Uh, this is the Prime Minister again uh, laying things out. Leanne Gerens, what did he say? Yes, indeed. Good morning to you, Friday. Uh, Friday? Caroline, I was going to say happy Friday. And Thank it all you. just went into one. So everyone out there, happy Friday. Now, speaking to Piers Morgan on Talk TV last night, Caroline, the Prime Minister just continued to take the super tough line on pay rises for nurses. Now, this comes ahead of strike action next week. The Royal College of Nursing is asking for this 19% pay rise to really battle inflation. And a demand that demand has been rejected by both the Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, and also by the Labour leader, Keir Starmer. While speaking to Piers Morgan, Sunak also insisted that the government can just not afford these massive pay rises at the moment. And this is due to inflation. Of course, yesterday we saw a rise in interest rates and the economy is said to be going into the shallower recession, even though it's going to be shorter. And this leaves room really for Steve Barclay, the health secretary, to make nurses a big one-off payment or backdating a more generous pay rise. And according to the Financial Times, the wave of strike action across the country is really sapping support for the Prime Minister. And our very own Kitty Donaldson has a really great piece on the Bloomberg Terminal today. It's called Sunak's Rocky Premiership after 100 days of strikes and scandals. The Prime Minister has only been in office 100 days and that was yesterday. So if you do read that piece, it's very interesting. Okay, Leanne, let's turn to the Times next. It says the chip industry delays pose a national risk. Yes, indeed. So the chairman of the Commons Business Select Committee, that's Darren Jones, has a super stark warning when it comes to the chip industry here in the UK. And the Labour MP says a lack of national strategy to secure supply chains for semiconductors is actually, quote, an act of national self-harm. The Times newspaper reports that the UK needs to 
to act swiftly to keep up with the US, the EU and Japan. The Department for Digital Culture and Media and Sport was supposed to lay out a plan for the microchip industry here in the UK last autumn. However, that has been delayed and it's very long overdue. And I just want to say one thing Darren Jones also mentioned is semiconductors are the brains of modern electronics used in everything from mobile phones to cars to wind turbines. So really knuckling down there on the fact that it's so important we have our own industry in order to make sure those things are secured. Mm. There's also another striking story, though, in The Times. There's a big photograph on the front page uh, and the headline, Arvato Debt Collector Reviewed by watchdog over gas meter break-ins. Yes, indeed. And Caroline, we were discussing this earlier and it's a very, very emotive piece that has been in the news for the last couple of weeks. And the Times is continuing with its investigation on this and on British gas and the company's been banned from force-fitting prepayment meters to protect its vulnerable customers. And all other major energy companies have also agreed to suspend this practice. Mm. Now this follows the paper's deep dive into the situation and it has now been revealed the debt collection company used by British Gas is also being closely reviewed by the Financial Conduct Authority and this comes after the time alleged that Avato obtained warrants gaining access to homes of vulnerable customers to force fit these energy payment meters when they just weren't able to pay for their energy bills, as we do know, they have really skyrocketed. But the German company does not have a direct role in regulating the collection of utility debts. However, the FCA have said that any rogue behaviour could have an impact on the company's overall fitness Mm. to practice. Now, a spokesman for the German parent company said yesterday that it expects Avato to comply with the law and to adhere to the company's code of conduct. And also the British gas have made a statement apologising for what has happened when it comes to vulnerable people and these prepayment metres. Yeah, I thought that was it was a very interesting story and it has dominated the news over the last sort of week, the investigations into prepayment meters at a time of very high energy costs. So, yeah, I, that's a very interesting one to follow uh, in the Times newspaper. Leanne Gerns, thank you so much for that newspaper review. Well, let's get back to our conversation around central banks. There wasn't much, Caroline, in uh, Andrew Bailey's either commentary or interview to be optimistic about. No, I thought it was completely bleak. The economy is already in recession. Pre-pandemic levels of output are not going to come back until 2026. The forecast for growth in Britain is only seven-tenths of one percent. For the next three years, it's a very, very difficult moment, even though it does look like markets, uh, you know, took it uh, as read that the hiking cycle is coming to an end. Well, that key phrase was a a corner has been turned. As central bank speak goes, markets are taking that line as cautious optimism from Governor Andrew Bailey. Uh, Bloomberg's editor-at-large, Francine Lacqua, spoke to the governor yesterday and asked him where rates will eventually settle. We don't have a view on the neutral rate which actually shapes our decision-making at the moment. And the reason for that, you might say that's an interesting thing for me to say, but the reason is that there is such uncertainty at the moment uh, you know, in, in the landscape that we face. We've got very big moving parts. We've had very big shocks, and particularly very big shocks on the supply side. But if you look at the market reaction, so you hiked by 50 basis points, and the market is taking this as a dovish message. Are they right? 
Well, the market, of course, was expecting us to hike by 50 basis points. I don't think they will have been surprised by that. Uh, I think the market will also be focused on, on what we do next. And they will have seen some change in our language, and they, that's deliberate. I mean, that change is obviously deliberate. Um, and I, the way I would interpret it is to say, we are going to react to the information and the evidence that we see. We're not on, you know, we're not, we haven't pre-announced an intention because we have reached a point. You know, as I've said before, I think we have started to turn a corner. That's encouraging. There's a long way to go and there are a lot of risks. How soon do you think we'll see a cut from the Bank of England? Oh, I, we're, not in the, in, we're not in position of speculating on that at the moment. That's, uh, that's, that's, off, that's off somewhere in the future. What? Not this year? Uh, we're not speculating on what it is. I say in the future because, you know, rates do go up and down in the long run, but uh, when that was, we have no dates uh, in our speculation. Governor, we've heard a lot from the Bank of England about the many shocks that this economy is facing. Yes. What's the prescription to, to fix this longer term? Well, I think there's a, I mean, there's a number of issues that come out of them, obviously. Some of those shocks are external uh, and relate to, you know, very sadly, obviously, the, the war in Ukraine, which is terrible. Um, we are beginning now to see energy prices come down quite rapidly. Food commodity prices have sort of seemed to have reached a, at least a level, but it's not coming through in, yet in uh, retail food prices. So obviously that's important. Um, you know, Europe has had a much better winter from the point of view of energy than I think you know, people feared, so that's important. And then domestically, Labour supply is the big issue, I think. Does one. getting closer to the EU change that? Does it change the trajectory for the UK economy? In the context of the, sort of the EU? In, in the context of Brexit? Well, I think what we would identify as is, is at least three big shocks that we can see. There's been, a, there's been COVID, there's been energy, and, a, and, and there has been Brexit. It's very hard to separate them out, but the judgment that we've, you know, we've, we've sort of reached on a you know, rather tentative, but I think the evidence is pointing that way, is that we identified that there would be you know, a, a shock to UK productivity from the reduced openness of the economy. We thought that might, go, might emerge over a rather longer period. You know, on our latest evidence, it's probably going to emerge over a rather shorter period and possibly by the end of the forecasts horizon, so look forward two to three years. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.